0: Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas, mostly but not exclusively VL dramas. It's part review, part recap, so there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go. Hi everyone, this is M. Welcome to episode four of Notes from a Drama Watcher. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about episode two of Fish Upon the Sky, episode seven, which was a special episode for Fighting Mr. Second, episodes 17 through 21 of Word of Honor, and I'll be speaking briefly about unlikable characters, specifically in the two dramas, Lovely Rider, which is a Thai drama, and History 4 which is a Taiwanese drama. So Fish Upon the Sky. Fish Upon the Sky 2 has P meeting up with the kitty gang so that he can do his transformation. As I mentioned in the previous episode, basically all he did was take off his glasses and remove the braces. I've never had braces, but I've heard that they're expensive. I don't know how expensive it is in Thailand, but I don't know. to just remove the braces like that, I don't know. They don't say, they don't say anything about what his parents think about this, but maybe it's really cheap in Thailand and, and it's okay. I don't know. The episode, a good portion of the episode actually is spent with him in the dentist's office and he's going through this whole thing where he's viewing the dentist. He can't see through the door of the dentist's office, obviously for privacy reasons, but he's seeing like lights flashing and screaming and weird noises going on and he's just getting scared out of his mind about going to the dentist, which made me laugh because His reaction is pretty much my feelings when I go to the dentist. (laughs) (laughs) he kept trying to run away. Eventually his buddies have to, you know, the the kitty gang has to carry him into the office because he just wants to leave. I've never had to be carried into the office, but wanting to run away from the dentist, yes, I have experienced that. So he gets his braces taken out, glasses off, just feeling more confident, or expecting to feel more confident, I guess, and going back to the school with his new look, and of course he bumps into Mork, who Mork is just kind of speechless when he sees him and, you know, he puts his hand on his on his own chest like he's feeling something which is kind of funny because he was feeling something from the beginning. He's liked P since the beginning. This episode is basically P trying to continue on his quest of getting Mung Nam to to notice him and uh, hopefully to go out with him with Mork trying to get his attention, trying to get his friendship because he's been trying to get his friendship from the beginning. In the previous episode when there were people online making fun of P's appearance, he kind of blamed, blamed Mork for that happening and since then Mork has been trying to get his forgiveness which I mean really it was not Mork's fault about what other people were doing but he feels really bad about it and he's trying to be he's trying to get peace forgiveness and tells him that he wants his friendship and P of course is very skeptical and doesn't believe him at all which I'll be honest I find P to be a little bit immature but he is a first-year student. Although first-year dental student, I'm not sure how it works in Thailand as far as dental school. Here in America, you'd go through three or four years of undergrad and then start dental school, which would put you at about 21, 22, 23 years old, which he seems like I said a little immature for that, but maybe over there you get into that going straight out of high school. I'm not sure how Thailand's education system works. But anyway, Mork's trying to get to know him. P's not having it. When P sees Mork in school, he realizes that actually Mork is on his way to visit Mung Nam and And P tries to run to catch up to it and winds up experiencing heat stroke. And Mork is the one who helps him uh, by cooling him down. And actually, that's where he says he wants to be his friend. And... As part of that scene, it was funny because they had a product placement. I believe it was a product placement. It looked like Est cola He bought over, Mork bought over the S-Cola as, you know, like to help cool, pee down, which I was kind of like, aren't you a medical student? Why are you giving him cola if he's had teeth stroke? But, you know, I understand they need to put their product placement in there. He uses the cool uh, glass or the cool bottle first to just press around his neck to cool him down. And then he passes it to him to drink. Also in this episode, we get to see more of Dwen's story. Duen is um, P's older brother. So we get to see how he meets, it's flashbacks to how he meets Mean. Mean is that kid who was following him around in episode one that we didn't really know why he was following him and what was going on there. And I was right, he was a freshman. And the reason Duen knows him is because Duen is about to graduate, it seems. But he has not passed a first year class that he's supposed to take. I guess the equivalent of like the life skill classes that you have in the American universities. So he winds up in this class full of freshmen and he winds up talking to Mean and not really becoming friends with Mean. He's really trying to use Mean. He realizes Mean is a medical student and he thinks he's really smart. So he's just going to try to work with Mean to um, use him, basically, so he can pass the class and just be done with the class and be able to graduate. So they gave us that little bit of backstory. So we get to know who Mean is and who dwen is. We don't really know why Mean is following him around all the time. We'll learn that later. When they're telling Duane's story, there's a, a narrator who's actually saying what's going on. So that's a kind of a device that they use in this episode. You've got the narrator. There's a lot of sound effects in this episode too. Boing sounds and things like that. Um, I've never really noticed sound effects that much before, except that I was listening to someone's review of Lovely Writer and they mentioned all of the sound effects there. And that's when I started paying attention to it. Still don't really notice it much in Lovely Writer. It doesn't really bother me. But in this one, they use it a lot. And that narrator is used a lot. Although the narrator is pretty funny. That's an interesting device to use. I don't think I've seen a drama, a Thai drama, with that before. All in all, a pretty decent episode. It was pretty funny. I actually liked the narrator. At first, I was like, this is a little weird, but I wound up liking it. And Mean, the, the character Mean, when I was watching the YouTube video, and in the suggestions on the side, they actually had a video of mean, he sings the OST. He's got a really nice voice. So that was a little side trip I took after watching um, the episode. The episode kind of ends with uh, P becoming a little suspicious of who his online friend is. He starts kind of remembering something that Mork said, so I don't know if in the next episode he's going to realize that Mork is his online friend. It would be interesting if they did that. That's way earlier than I expected if they conclude that part of the storyline. I would have thought that would have been later on. The preview for the next episode seems to have P and Mung Nam going on a date or Mung Nam agreeing to go on a date. We'll see what happens there. I hope they don't make Mung Nam like a secretly mean character or something. That would be kind of messed up. But then I guess it also would be teaching P don't judge a book by its cover because he's been judging more harshly all this time. And aside from Mork lying about being his online friend he is lying to him about that. For the rest of it, he's being truthful. He's telling him he wants to be his friend. He's trying to be nice to him. He's asking for forgiveness. Even for something that really wasn't his fault. But he's just trying to make things up to P. I actually find myself liking Mork's character a lot more than P so far. Because like I said, P seems a little bit immature. But if it is his first year of college, then he's he's still learning. He's still growing. So hopefully, you know, by the end, I'm sure the whole point of this show, right, is to show his growth that he has by the end and for him to hopefully realize someone's liked him all along. He was fine all along. Glasses, no glasses, braces, no braces. Either way. I do really want to know what's going on with the Duane Mean story. I'm not sure what that's about. I'm usually someone who's very into what's going on with the secondary characters. So that's why I'm so curious about this, really. My feelings about the show overall have changed from episode one. I'm actually liking that it's a little more comedic. I'm finding it to be kind of a palate cleanser. After looking at Fighting Mr. Second, which is the Taiwanese drama we're going to discuss next, and Second Chance, which is, you know, the other Thai drama I spoke about last week, those are like really emotional, angsty dramas. So it's kind of good to have this thing that's a little more lighthearted, And I hope that they stay on this level that they are now and they don't get too angsty later. I think they are. I think they're going for comedy, you know, hence the the sound effects and everything like that. But good start so far. If they keep things at this level, then I think this is going to be a favorite for a lot of people. Now, Fighting Mr. Second, episode seven, which I didn't expect, but there it is. Uh, It's a special. In actuality, it really was scenes that had been in episode six anyway, but this is the story of... Yu Zhen Shan, which is the chief technology officer for um, Gao Shidei's company, and Pei Shuyi, Gao Shidei's cousin. It's their story. They're the only ones in the whole episode, actually. None of the other couples are in the episode. This episode is basically just a setup to get us to season three, because season three, from what I understand, is going to be their story, their romance. Can we call it a romance? The cousin, Pei Shuyi, has that affective disorder, right? So I'm not sure how romantic, quote unquote, season three is going to be, but it'll be interesting to see what they do with this storyline. Episode seven of Fighting Mr. Second, they seem to come to some t- kind of understanding. Yu Shan is, is telling him, thank you for letting me be around you. I hope you find someone that you can like and Will make you happy i guess he's saying you know even though i know that's not me and he goes to walk away and after he's given he's left he's left a box for pei of memories right memories of their relationship non-relationship that they had um this episode actually showed some flashbacks to how they met they met when yuzhen shan was in high school Heishui was the doctor in the high school, and Yu Chan was—I hate to call him a troubled kid. I mean, he—they weren't showing him doing anything. He was the one being picked on, basically, um, beat up, bullied, and a little bit of a little bit of a loner. Uh, at least in the, in the scenes that they showed, he was always alone, running from the people trying to beat him up. But the person who brought him out of his shell and who helped him academically and to get back into the school spirit—I guess you would say is Pei Yi, who even though he had this affective disorder, I guess felt some kind of connection right away and wanted to help Yuzhen Shan when he was in high school. And so he did. And then I don't, they don't really say how long they knew each other in high school. It seems like for a while, because at one point, Yuzhen Shan runs into the headmaster of the school who praises him for his improvements academically. And before that, you had seen Pei Yi tutoring him. So it was long enough that there was a difference in his in his academics. Clearly, Pei Yi was feeling something there, right? Because all of a sudden he left the school and just leaves a note saying, I'm leaving. Bye. <laughs> and that's it. I think it's because he was feeling something. And that's why he left. And I'll be honest, he did the absolute right thing by leaving, right? Because at that time, Yuzhen Shan was in high school. So definitely was not the time to be starting anything. But he left disappeared, disappeared from Shan for 10 years, 12 years. They hadn't seen each other. But we know Pei Yi wound up working in a university. That's where he met, or he worked where Gao Shidei went to university, etc. So basically, they met at the wrong time, right? High school kid. And I don't know how old Pei Yi was at the time when he was, or how old he was supposed to be at the time that he was working in the high school. But clearly, Shan was not mature enough to be any kind of relationship, anything of anything, he had a, a childhood crush, so to speak, and he's in a much better place now as an adult. He even that's one of the things that he even thanks Pei Yi for, right? Is his helping him, and you know he gains maturity through all these years, and maybe he can form a relationship now with Pei Yi because he's had his own life experiences. He's a working adult now. He's had to learn how to deal with all sorts of people, even having his own condition. Remember he has Asperger's, I think they said he was um, depressed. I think there were four or five mental conditions that he had as well. And he's had to learn how to navigate the world with that. And he's in a better place to learn how to be in a relationship with Pei So it'll be interesting to see what they do with this as I said in the previous episode, I really want Bing Wei and the other man who I can never remember his name. I'm sorry. I really want them to do something with their storyline. I think that man needs to be taken off of his, uh, I don't want to say taken off his high horse, but I think he has to learn not to take Bing Wei for granted. So I hope they get into that a little bit in season three. Now, before I get into talking about, I say this every week, right? Every episode, before I get into talking about my favorite word of honor, I'm going to talk about unlikable characters. History four. I don't Plan to do any podcast review for History 4. And that is because I don't think I can do the show justice of doing a review, a proper review, and doing any kind of recap. The reason I cannot do a recap is because I don't watch the episodes in their entirety. I will be honest. I basically watch with one eye closed and pretty much fast forward past scenes with the stepbrother. I can't remember his name at the moment. Um, creepy and it's not even the stepbrother angle because that seems to be a thing in like Thai and Taiwanese dramas whatever it is the fact that he goes around assaulting people even before the NC assault against his brother was the assault against his brother's best friend when he, when he saw it was Tang Tang I think yeah Tang Tang that he hit in the alleyway he goes and he punches him in the stomach randomly because he was hanging around his brother this was after he had gone trespassing into the brother's house I guess they don't consider it a trespass because that is his stepbrother but he went in without permission watched him while he was sleeping, dug around the house, you know, very creepy. And then in, uh, was it episode five? I don't remember if it was episode four or five. They give him his backstory, his sad story about why he is the way he is, why he wants to be with Xingxi. You know, he had lost his father and the only, and it was a tough time in his life. And the only warmth he felt was with his brother Jingxi. And it just didn't work. They tried to give us this sad story to make him a sympathetic character, but it didn't work because by that time he really had done, he'd done too many things and he's just not a likable character to me. He just continues to be creepy and I'm not sure, maybe the acting, I I can't say the acting because actually I find the acting okay. The acting is fine, but from Jing Shi's point of view, I don't see why he loves Young Ji. I can, I can see why Young Ji says that he loves Jingxi. This one light in this time in his life when he was having a rough time, but I don't see why Jing Shi would love Young Ji. That I don't get. That being said, I actually like the other two characters, Mu Ren and Li Cheng. Li Cheng calls Mu Ren Tang Tang. So in my mind, he's just Tang Tang. I, I always wind up calling him that. I actually like those guys <laughs> and their storyline. So that is why I continue to watch the show I try to watch the other couple, but I really just wind up fast forwarding a lot of times. On the other hand, we've got on Lovely Writer. We've got a, a, i I'm totally mispronouncing the name, I'm sure. He's also an unlikable character to many people. But the writers did it well with creating some kind of a sympathy for him. In episode five, it's his birthday. He goes, he's invited by his sister to go back to the house, to the parents' house to have dinner. Dinner is a total catastrophe. Dad is a jerk to him, treats him like garbage, and winds up basically disowning him. This is on his birthday. In the dinner where where the whole story comes out, we see that Oi or A had a boyfriend. And I guess he got into some things he shouldn't have with the boyfriend. He was taking money from the dad, using it for things he shouldn't have at one point. Um, his dad offered the boyfriend money to, to leave him alone I guess and he took the money so he's saying like oh he's not a good guy which he was hurt he was hurt in this relationship he was betrayed by someone and yet dad is all angry at him acting like he's some terrible human being for having been betrayed by someone else then you've got the sister who the reason she invites him to the house for dinner is so that I think she wanted him to make up with dad so that all the pressure that dad is putting on her to be successful, he can transfer and put it back on Oi, who used to be the one experiencing all the pressure before. Dad and sister are jerks. And mom is sitting there. She's dad does not seem like a good guy. So it's I don't know. It it might be an emotionally abusive marriage, but she's not saying much. She kind of tries to stop the dad, like barely tries to stop him from kicking Oi out. But doesn't work. But anyway, all of this to say, I see the family that this character is coming from. I felt sympathy for him. I felt bad for him. That is how you write a sympathetic character. Young Ji on History 4, I really felt no sympathy for him. And I cannot blame the acting. Like I said, I think the acting's fine. He seems okay as an actor. It's the writing. There was something they were missing in History 4 in this storyline that just did not work. And it has made that character very polarizing. I see some people are fine with that relationship and others just find the stepbrother very creepy. Like, like I said, I find him creepy. I kind of feel bad for the actor because I've seen some interviews with him and he seems like a totally nice guy, <laughs> but this character, it did not work. I'm going to continue watching History 4 because I like the other two, Tang Tang and Li Cheng, but um, I don't know how they're going to pull this around for Oi in Lovely Writer. I really want them to do something with his storyline. So far in the latest episode, episode 8, I think it was, they still have him being kind of mean. He's kind of a mean guy. He's a little mad at the world around him. So he's being mean to Jean, and I just really want them to... Do something for his character to change him in some way. I also really like misunderstood characters on TV. So <laughs> on TV shows. So I want him to be one of those misunderstood characters that turns out to be a you know good guy in the end. And I think they can do it. Because like I said, I, I'm feeling sympathy for him. I've seen people online saying that they felt bad for him after episode five when they saw his family situation. So I think they can pull it off. I hope they do pull it off. And turn his storyline around. He really needs someone to count on. Because it doesn't seem seem like he has anyone. He doesn't have his dad. He doesn't have his sister. Mom. I don't know. I don't know what I can say about her. There's another character who seems to like him. Mork. But... He's been mixed up in the whole ball of resentfulness and angst and everything that Oi feels for his family. So that's going to be a tough one. Okay, that was supposed to be a side rant, but it wound up being long. <laughs> All right, on to Word of Honor episodes 17 through 21. We continue with Wan Cushing and Zozi storyline. Wan Cushing now knows that Zozi Shu is dying. Wan Kushing is a mess. Episode 17, they are traveling. Zozushi, Wan Cushing, Chanling, and Ye Yi are traveling together. And Zozu is realizing something's wrong with Wan Cushing. He doesn't really know what's going on. He sees Juan Cushing basically biting his tongue a few times and not saying whatever he, you know, is going to say and gets upset because he realizes that one Cushing is treating him differently. He confronts him about it, actually, in this episode because he doesn't want one Cushing to treat him any differently than he did before. He just wants him to be his friend and not to pity him because of what's happening, which I can understand Zozushi's so, so feelings on this, but that's kind of a tall order. He's actually asking for a lot from Wang Cushing. Wang Cushing has been alone for most of his life. He's got Gao Xing, but he, Gao Xing is someone he had to take care of as his younger sister slash daughter figure. Zosu Shu is his first friend in his entire life. And he's going to be gone soon. He's only going to have him briefly. And then he's gone. Another person in his life that's leaving him too soon. He tells Sosushi, Shu, you know, he's scared. Of course he's scared. Wan Cushing gets drunk. And this is when he's telling Shi that he's scared. Soji Shu talks to him, puts him to bed. And actually the the bed scene is interesting because there he's, Soji Shu is telling Wan Cushing, you know, one day you're going to open up to me. And Wan Cushing is just like, men's hearts are evil. Why would you want to see into my heart? He's such a conflicted character. He's got this new friend. He really wants to hold on to this friend, especially knowing that this friend is just with him for a short time. But he's done so many things as the leader of Ghost Valley. You can tell he thinks if Zozi Shu knows about all these things that he's done, he won't want to be his friend anymore. And he doesn't want to lose that friendship, which is interesting because Sosie Shu has done his own things. He was an assassin. I think in one Cushing's eyes, Sosie Shu is just, just all goodness, you know, and he doesn't want to taint that in any way. In episode 18, they continue their travels. They're actually looking for the head of another sect, another family. The head of the family was a friend of Zoshi Shu's master. They run into various problems, shall we say. They wind up being separated. Zoshi Shu and Wan Cushing winds up in a cave surrounded by drugmen. Remember the drugmen from episodes 5 and 6? They're back again. And then Chun Ling and Ye Bai wind up having their own troubles and actually they don't even neither one of them knows what has happened to the other one. Especially the last thing Chong Ling sees of Zozushu and One Cushing. He doesn't even know if they're alive. One Cushing and Zozushu are in a cave fighting for their lives. But this is an interesting episode. Because they're fighting for their lives, they get closer. And you see Zozu smiling a lot, relaxed more relaxed even though they're fighting for their lives in this episode and actually I didn't notice this so much in the first viewing but when I watched the episode again there are several times when one Cushing touches him he touches his arm or his shoulder or something shoe doesn't react negatively or react at all to it whereas if you remember back in the first episodes if he even went to touch Zosu's Xu, Shoe's like dodging and all sorts of things you know so you really see a progression here of their relationship it's actually really wonderful to see and episodes 19 and 20 they are reunited they find the friend of Zhou Zishu's old master and he's able to tell them what happened in the past and answer the questions that they had we learn a lot about what happened in the past but even more importantly we learn some big things about juan cushing juan cushing you know, by episode 20, you just want to give him a hug, really. (laughs) And you you can see it in the comments on Yoku. Everyone, all these people are just like, please, someone give One Kashing a hug, which there is a hug actually in this episode. And speaking of which, if you watch episode 20, remember to watch it on Yoku, not on Vicky. Because on Yoku, the scene was edited a little differently where there's a hug in the episode. So all I'm saying, watch it on Yoku. Episode 20, they continue on their travels. One Cushing has to catch up with them because one Cushing, episode 20 was rough for him. And he winds up running off at one point. And so he catch, he has to catch up to everyone else later in episode 21. But 21, they're kind of, uh, Zosishu, Chanling, Ling, and Ye Baiyi are talking about what they've learned about one Cushing's past, and he catches up to him. They actually don't even realize he's there. He's just listening to them, but you can tell he feels touched by what they're saying. And because they're telling Chun Ling, you know, he's really hurt by this. Don't ask him. Don't even bring up the subject with him unless he he mentions it. There's a connection with with Joseph Shu, which we we learn now why how One Cushing knows who Joseph Shu is, and. So Zushu now realizes who Juan Cushing is, obviously, and he talks a little bit about the connection that they should have had if things had gone differently in life. And that's pretty much it. At the end of this episode, we see Gaoshang and Cao Ning suddenly come walking down the road and meet up with them. So they're they're gonna be in the next episode, obviously, but it kind of ends that way. Another great series of episodes. The acting. The acting here, the acting here has just been amazing. These were really emotional episodes in many ways for Simon Gong. Simon Gong had to, you know, he's he's acting in this role where he's dealing in what's soon to be the death of his his new friend that he's met, Wang Cushing's new friend that he's met, and all of his, not all of his secrets, right? Not all of his secrets, because they still don't know that he's the leader of the Ghost Valley, but many of his secrets are now known to the group that he's traveling with, to, to his new friend and... It's a secret that they've guessed. It's not something he ever would have shared. The same way he's holding the the information that he's leader of the Ghost Valley close to his chest, he was going to hold this other information close to his chest as well. And actually, it's, it's still not confirming or denying anything, really. So I've just been really impressed by Simon's gong acting in the show so far, the depth to his acting, but also... I have to say, I saw some other interviews where they were asking John Jay Han about what role he would have wanted to play. He actually wanted to play Wan Cushing. I think he thinks that's a more interesting, more complex character. And it's kind of a shame that he feels that way because Zose Shu is also a very complex character. Actually, going back to what I was saying earlier about unlikable characters, right? Feeling sympathy for characters. We forget as the show goes on that this character, Zose Shu, was an assassin. But we feel such sympathy for him. And it's not necessarily because he's dying. It's more because he's out there trying to do the right thing. He was just going to be on his merry way, drinking wine and, you know, traveling around as a beggar. And he suddenly gets involved with having to save this child. He doesn't look back. He just dives in. He just does it because it's the right thing. And we see him slowly changing from someone who I wouldn't say didn't care about anyone, but didn't want to care about anyone to Someone who I think is going full circle to probably who he was before he became an assassin. This is the true Zosishu. we're seeing, this this noble guy. And he wants to help, right? They kept they were saying in earlier episodes he has a soft heart. That's very true. He wants to help Chan Ling and he wants to help Wang Cushing. The thing is Wang Cushing is not really telling him how he can help him, but he still wants to help him. He's leaving the door open for Wang Cushing to to open his heart to him to tell him the truth. Actually, in the episode was 18 when he helps him to bed, at least in the translation, I don't I don't speak Mandarin, but at least in the translation translation, he wants him to open his heart because he's saying out that way I'll know how to help you. Yeah, that's just who he is. That's who that character is. Sanjay Han, you know, kudos to him for making this this character likable for making us really invested in knowing what happens with this character, for for caring what's going to happen to him, for rooting for him. I think everyone wants a happy ending for Zoza Shu and Wan Cushing and Chanling. ling So I hope Sanjay Han comes to appreciate his character, Zoza Shu. He's just as complex as Wan Cushing. He just has, to, it's in a more subtle way. Maybe that's even harder as an actor, right? To do those subtle performances. As I mentioned in the previous episode, simon gong's micro expressions is what really gets you so subtle expressions that get you so they're both doing a great job with two really great characters and i didn't mention this in the previous episodes i don't think but i have to give a shout out to the screenplay writer because this screenplay writer is doing a great job with this story this was originally a boys love novel and this show is being done in such a way that we're still seeing the bl part of it you have other shows who take a bl book and they make a drama out of it and they turn it into bromance. But even further than bromance, like there's no, they introduce a random female character, love interest, or whatever, you know. It's like, okay, if you don't want to do BL, but don't introduce some random character into the mix. But this doesn't even, there's no random female character. It's a BL novel, they made it into a BL show. It's, I don't want to say it's in your face, but they're not hiding that it's BL. But they did it in a clever way that they could still get past the censors. This is like a masterclass in how to adapt a BL novel into a show while dealing with the Chinese censors. And apparently this, I think I read that this was the screenplay writer's first work. I mean, this is amazing if it's true. I hope we get more novels adapted by this particular screenwriter because they did an amazing job. I'm really looking forward to the next few episodes. Um, I'm actually up to episode 26 in my viewing. But um I'm looking forward to the rest of the show. I hope the quality continues. I did read somewhere that I think many people have read when this show came out, no one really knew about it. They only had the one sponsor, the Wolong Nuts, that we keep seeing in the various episodes. They didn't have a lot of money, and that's why apparently why the show is only 36 episodes, not longer, like a lot of other Chinese dramas are, because they had to cut the episodes basically or cut production. So I hope not too much of the story was sacrificed for budget reasons, but I'm optimistic. I'm cautiously optimistic because what we've seen so far has just been done really well. I don't know what drama, what BL drama is going to come out next from Chinese drama land, but um, it's going to be tough for them to fill these shoes. This is, this show is an unexpected hit. Unless they have this same screenplay writer doing the next show, you're just going to have the same other screenplay, screenwriters we've had in the past that don't adapt the BL storyline as well as they could as well as this screenplay writer has done. Apparently she is a fan of the original uh, the novel writer Priest and you can tell a lot of love and care went into making sure that this show was done well. All right that's it for this episode thanks so much for joining me and stay safe everyone.